and welcome to the EMP show. Howdy do. All right, man. Let's, because of the big hits intro, let's just dump, jump right into it. Right into what? Right what could in, you possibly be talking about? Right into the fiasco last night in college basketball. Oh, yeah, you're talking about how Kansas just dominated Kansas State on the court. Well, that is, that's part of what I'm talking about. I mean. I'm talking about with one second to go in that game. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, what could possibly happen with one second to go in a game that'd be all that interesting? Well, let's just say if you... We're betting on Kansas to beat Kansas State by 22 points. And you had a lot of money on that game. You lost. What? Yeah. You would have won. But So it's like a half-court shot was made then? No. So there was a block. Okay. Which resulted into a little face-punching. A little picking up chairs to throw them. All right. So, yes, there, there was there's a brawl. If you have not heard of this, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. But there was a brawl between Kansas State and Kansas Light last night. Now, this brawl stemmed from initially Kansas was dribbling up court. They were dribbling out the clock. Okay. They were going to let the game end. A Kansas State player... Uh, a tryhard, if you will, stole the ball from Kansas player uh, De Sosa, I believe is who it was. Well, well hold on. You say a tryhard, okay? Mm-hmm. But the game's not over. The clock has not ran out. So why not continue to play? Uh, because Kansas is trying to do do this sportsman the sportsmanship thing and just dribble out the clock. They're not trying to run up the score or anything. They're just like, okay, we beat you. You got embarrassed. We're just going to end this. And the Kansas State player was like, no, I'm going to steal the ball. I'm going to go try to dunk the ball. I mean, why not? Why not up his stats? That's one additional steal for him, correct? Yes. That potentially would have been two extra points for him. Yes, but that's just not something you do at the end of a game when you're when the game is over besides the clock. Well, I mean, like it's not even it's not even like you're going to get another possession and there's like, you know, you're down by 22 points but there's 45 seconds left to go in the clock where you have to you have to have possessions. The game was over in what was it? Like 13 seconds. The game would have been over. Yeah, something like that. But what I'm hearing you say, Mike, is you would just much rather End it instead of trying to trying to push for for one last you know one one last little bit of pressure, which ultimately led into a steal and possibly would have been. An extra well, because it's clearly it's clear that the Kansas team was instructed by their coach. You know what? Just dribble the ball up, dribble out the clock. The game is over. No need to run up the score because that is that's rude. That's unsportsmanlike. So then the Kansas State players like. Gives them the middle finger, basically. He's like, oh, I'm just going to steal the ball from you so you look like a dumbass and then go dunk it on you. But aren't we talking? Hi, Ashley. What's up, girl? 
Are we taught to play? And, and I'm I'm saying this as as we were younger. Aren't we taught to play the full game? No, aren't you're taught, taught sportsmanship. Aren't we taught to play until we hear that final whistle? We hear that final buzzer of the clock, whatever. You're taught sportsmanship. This was unsportsmanlike. Well, I mean, let's 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 look at it outside of basketball. Okay, let's go with let's go with hockey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you going to just keep the puck in your zone? Or are you going to try to shook it down ice and hopefully get it past the goalie? Okay, you in hockey. You want to go to hockey? Well, okay. So and if, then we can look at this in every sport. Hockey, tennis. We can even look at it as, you know, tennis is a little different because it's not really a clock. You don't just like. Well, I mean, you I'm don't not, bleed the clock in yeah, tennis, well, but anyways. I probably But <laughs> you know, we can go. We can go hockey. We can go basketball. We can go football. We can even go. You know, something such as as wrestling. Mm-hmm. Whether you're going Greco-Roman, or you're going freestyle, or you're going folk style. Okay, you are you are taught to continue to fight until that clock has ran out. All right, the first one you brought up was hockey. Right. Now, I've personally seen it in a hockey game where the game is over and somebody from the losing team just winds up for what's deemed an unnecessary slap shot at the end of the game. They get their face beat in by the other team because it's unsportsmanlike. And now I'm not saying, because DeSosa, I believe is his name, he took this to another level that really did not need to be done. And well, this got way out of hand here. Well, here, here's what I see. Okay, is I see the Kansas State player still in the ball, mm-hmm. still continuing to play. Mm-hmm. But I also see Sosa, DeSosa, what, I think it's whatever his Sosa, name is, but I'm, whatever his name is. Okay, from Kansas, I see him come up and make a block. Yes, like he's still continuing to play. Yes. So I see, I see both things being part of the game. Okay. The, the the block is the block was like the block was good, right? It's, it, it, it's it's a whole you know oh you steal you you're gonna steal I'm just trying to you know finish this game so we can all go home right. you're gonna steal it from me I'm gonna make you look like a fool by blocking this but then he goes and like stands over him like all like macho man like and then that's uh that that I think it's the standing over him that got his uh got the teammates the Kansas State teammates riled up in which shoving ensued, which then escalated to punches, which almost escalated to full-on WWE, let me get this folding chair and smack you in the back with he, it. He did have a chair. Yes. We will say this. He did pick up a chair over his head, which you can assume he was trying to he, smash somebody's mm, head in instead of, you know, saving so the chair just down. wanted to smash. But... Up until he, that he point. did have enough common sense to drop it, though. Right, I, I will th- say that. But regardless, he's still there's there's still going to be a suspension on that. But up until that point, I'm 100 percent okay with Kansas State stealing the ball and Kansas going up and blocking. I'm 100 percent. Okay I'm 100 percent okay with the block. I'm not okay with the standing over him afterwards, and I'm not okay with the steal. So the standing over with. You know, ultimately, yes, that that can result in a technical just by itself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have 
other individuals that come off of Kansas State's bench. One guy who you listen to the broadcaster sat out this game because he was injured, yeah. and he goes in there trying to throw like haymakers, which is which is kind of crazy, all right. But what really is astonishing is the refs break it down, okay. Find out there's one second left on the clock. Calls both teams out of the locker rooms. And then ejects everybody from both teams that left the bench. On top of awarding, you know, the the, the two technical shots for Kansas State. Which made it, instead of a 22-point game, a 21-point game. So if you bet 22 points that Kansas would win... Fortunately, you lost. But to bring them back out, eject both benches, award the two technicals, and wait for the inbound pass. At any point, does that seem like it made any sense? Only from gambling standpoint. I don't know what the line was on this game. So, like, I I understand gambling's a huge thing now, um, especially with it becoming legalized in so many places sports gambling is huge so i understand you need to finish out a game for that line because people have a lot of money riding on it now i don't know specifically i i should i should look this up i don't know specifically what the line was between kansas state and kansas but if the line says was let's say it was 14 and a half and there was a 22 point game i feel like common sense should be able to tell you like okay, they are not going to be able to score eight points in one second. We don't need to pull these guys out because it's not going to affect the the, the betting line. Right. Now, because DeSosa was an active member on the court, mm-hmm. with him receiving the technical and then getting – did, did he get ejected for the fighting, or did he just get awarded the, the fighting he, penalty? He did not get assessed a fight. He did not get assessed a fighting penalty. He only got assessed a technical foul. Now, had had he received the fighting foul, the fighting penalty, been ejected, that would have only given Kansas four players on the court. Correct. Now, would that have resulted in a forfeit by Kansas? I've been trying to find this to see if I can find a specific, like, see if I can find in the rules what happens if you can't field five people onto the court. I can't seem to find it. Um, I saw where in, in the NBA, I believe it was, you just continue with your four guys but there's rule differences between NBA and college NBA and college but my gut would say oh you don't have because this seems I mean at so many other levels growing like you know growing up you don't have enough people to play you can't play right period you can't field the team you forfeit which is very interesting in this considering that the team that would have forfeited potentially in Kansas because the Sosa was the biggest, um, the biggest culprit 
here. There could have, like, if you really broke it down, you probably could have ejected guys from both teams for that fight. I don't know who in there that actually threw punches, how many of them from Kansas State side, if any, actually were on the court at the time. Right. The thing with DeSosa is he was on the court at the time for Kansas. So, potentially, Kansas State could have gone from getting embarrassed losing to winning because of a forfeit. Now, the way I see it, okay, is DeSosa should have been ejected from the game. Yes. From it. And if I was a betting guy and I had Kansas State to win, I'd be pretty happy. And then and this is going off of if Kansas didn't have enough to field, they would have forfeit. I'd have been happy. In general, if I was a Kansas State fan, I would have been happy with it just because, like, Kansas – I would have been ecstatic with it because Kansas would look like such morons. Yes. And, I mean, it would go down as a W. Mm-hmm. So, you have, you have that kind of bragging right over, you know, your, your, your state rival. Mm-hmm. But the, the thought process of DeSosa, after coming up with a, a very nice block, to stand over the opposing individual in a kind of like a, a taunting manner. What what do you think really set that off? Was it the standing over in the taunting manner? Or was it more or less the the disrespect that Kansas State felt from getting beaten? Uh, I think it was the standing over, which, oh, which if you think about it, they brought, now, not saying what DeSosa did was right by any means, but that would not have happened if you did not have your tryhard out there playing Bush League. Right. But So kind of brought that upon himself. Is so, that, is that the, re- the result of being humiliated in the game by being down 22 points? Um. No, I think that's more of a result of just the rivalry, okay, and whatnot. Um, but yes, you're down 22 points. It's Kansas. They're ranked th- third in the country. There was a good chance you were going to be down big because 22 points. Yes, it's big, but that's not really huge necessarily. When you're you look at some of these other games, you see some college basketball games where you know a team's winning by 30, 40 points. So, I mean, yes, 22 points is a big win, but it's not necessarily, you know, just huge win. Who knows? Maybe um, maybe that Kansas State player, maybe his dad uh, laid a lot of money on the line there for Kansas State to cover, and he was trying to help his pops out. Maybe. And then, if that's the case, do you thank your son? Or do you just feel embarrassed? All right, so here's a... um, So Kansas would not have forfeit. Uh, Alabama, uh, this was in 2017, 
November 25th, played with three players on the court for 10 minutes. Really? Yep. Now, now, what kind of ramifications are we looking at going into the future? What kind of suspensions do you think are going to be held, handed out? Well, DeSosa is a big player for Kansas, uh, so it's going to hurt not having him there. Um, Azubuki, I think, is his name, but that's their big guy. He's a senior this year, and he's really kind of come into his own for Kansas. I don't know if he was somebody who was off the court or on the court or what interaction or what role he played in this entire fiasco. Losing him would also be huge. Um, But either way, it's looking like Kansas is going to suffer for a bit and they they could go through a stretch of some losses here because there's some other good teams in the Big 12. And they're not going to end up at number three after this all after no. this all pans out, I don't think. No, definitely not. So we, we're going to see a, a huge shakeup in the NCAA rankings. And ultimately, man, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see exactly who all gets suspensions from both teams. So yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, we're Super actually going to dive into some Colorado sports news. And uh, Buffs are currently ranked 23rd in the country. Just throwing that out, people. Very nice. What's the record? 14 and 4. Nice. All right. You guys listen to AIM Student Radio, home of your EMP show. Party people! Hello, everybody. It is, you know what, after all the doom and gloom yesterday as Rocky fans, today it's time to take a little pride in your team. The Colorado Rockies got their first member ever into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, go crazy, people. Go crazy. Larry Walker got inducted into the Hall of Fame, well, got the phone call that he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame yesterday. Uh, Somewhat disappointingly, a lot of the headlines aren't necessarily about Larry Walker. It's about how Derek Jeter was one vote shy of being unanimous. And I get that, man. (laughs) I, I, I get that because Mario Rivera, his teammate, was a shoe in 100%. And some individual out there decided to click no and made it 99% for Derek Jeter. But I'm not I'm not going to take away from Derek Jeter. The mm. dude is a hell of a baseball player. Yes. Did phenomenal things. But who cares about Derek Jeter? Not Rocky fans. Larry Walker. With a career 230 stolen bases. For Larry Walker? Yes. 230 career stolen bases. That's something I did not realize. He had... We're, th- we're, we're talking about outfielder. 
Larry Walker. Yes. He had, okay, check out his stat line from 1997, okay? He had 33 stolen bases in that year to go with 49 home runs. Very nice. That is a awesome combination of speed and power right there. Hmm. Wow. Didn't expect that from Larry. No, not the stolen bases. I, I knew I knew he could hit the ball. I knew he could hit it far. But dang. Uh his career batting average is 313. 383 home runs and a war of 72.7. Now, let's let's look like I mean first off, this is terrific. This is the first Colorado Rocket to go in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Okay. Let's look at what this potentially does for other fellow Rockies like Todd Helton and the main man, the main squeeze, Nolan Arenado. Well, part of what helped Larry Walker was he also was very good defensively with a 986 fielding percentage. And when we talked about Nolan Arenado the other day, um, talking about the Hall of Fame, one of the things we talked about with him was the fact that he is so phenomenal defensively. And so they you can't hold his defense against him when you're talking about playing here at Coors Field. This is, this is 100% true. And I mean, how many games has he gone when he's had one or two home runs? How many games has he gone and hit for the cycle? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you have the best of both worlds with Nolan Arenado, to where with Todd Helton, it was well one season I'm good on on defense, one season I'm good on offense. It was very rarely that he was great at both. It's also you know he had some injury issues as well, um, but some of the numbers are definitely comparable. Batting average three sixteen for Todd Helton. Home runs three sixty nine for Mister for Mister Rocky, uh, and then so they're right there, just a little short on the home runs from Larry Walker, but higher batting average. Um, you we went we said uh, Larry Walker's stolen bases. Care to venture a guess on how many stolen bases t- the Todd man, the Todd father, had in his career? I'm gonna say less than twenty. Thirty seven. Oh. Did I say less than 20? I meant less than 40. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, you're right on. Yes. So, it's... The numbers are there for Todd Helton. I'm unsure if he's going to get in, though. Uh, just because, he's one, he spent his entire career in Colorado. Right. And whether you like it or not, that's probably going to be held against him at some point. Although... Larry Walker getting in does make it easier. It's not there's not that hurdle of is this really the first guy we want to put in for the Rockies? Another uh thing, his Todd Helen's defense though, 996 fielding percentage. Wow. For his career in 17 seasons, 996. So, defensively, very, very good. 
Um, but playing your entire career, unfortunately, at the color at Colorado for the Rockies is some of the offensive stats are going to be looked at with an asterisk by the Hall of Fame voters. Unfortunately, yes. So, I would like to see Todd Helton get in. Uh, I I actually, um, I kind of feel like Todd Helton might have had an even better career than Larry Walker did. Uh, for when he was playing, the injuries and whatnot, obviously those detract from Todd Helton. The duration of how long, how many actual games he played compared to Todd Helton. Or, I mean, compared to Larry Walker. But another thing with Larry Walker getting in, it, they, the, the Rockies organization almost did not get Larry Walker's number retired before he's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame member. We almost had a Hall of Fame Rocky whose number wasn't even going to be retired for the team. That would have not looked good. No. It would not have. What, they just what, decided to do that this season. Yeah. Was there anybody wearing 33? Not that I can think of. I was say, not off the top of my head, I couldn't think of anybody. I mean, when they brought everybody up on like the uh, for like the last month of the season, I'm sure somebody probably threw on a 33. <laughs> not no more. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, I am also curious how this is going to affect Nolan Arenado and how he feels about being a Rocky. I can get more into that here in just a little bit, but unfortunately, I need to leave you guys hanging a little bit. Need to leave you thirsty for more. Thirsty. Get you thirsty. Welcome back. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about Larry Walker. Congratulations. Larry, on your Hall of Fame call up, but yesterday, we were diving to a different Rockies player who I'm going to say is the, right now would be the greatest Rockies player of all time if he, you know, finishes out his career here, and that's where we're running into issues because of his um, dispute with Jeff Breidich. But this Hall of Fame call for Larry Walker being primarily a Rocky and will probably be going into the Hall of Fame as a Rocky can bode well for Nolan staying here because he is an all-time great player, not just for the Rockies, but he's one of the all-time greats in baseball in particular, when you look at his defensive numbers. And he is most definitely somebody who's driven not only by winning, but also driven by legacy and wanting to be known as one of the all-time greats, which is part of why winning is so important to him. Right. Before Larry Walker, it almost seemed like it might be impossible to get a Rocky into the Hall of Fame. Because Larry Walker had Hall of Fame numbers. Basically, anybody can agree on that. But 
playing for the Rockies, playing at Coors Field, there was always a asterisk put next to him and his numbers, and it almost, until his very last year of eligibility, almost came, kept him out of the Hall of Fame. Now, why is Coors Field so bad? It's viewed as a overwhelmingly hitter-friendly park because of the altitude, the thin hair, um, because the fact that it's also a huge outfield. So thin air, ball flies farther, potential higher potential for home runs. Huge outfield, more ground to cover, higher potential for hits and extra base hits. So... Players are always looked at as, well, they're a product of Coors Field. Yes, they have fantastic numbers, but they played at Coors Field. Now Larry Walker has broken through that barrier, which leaves zero doubt in my mind that one day Nolan Arenado will be in the Hall of Fame, even if he spends his entire career here as a Colorado Rocky. And that is something that I think is of importance to Nolan Arenado. That legacy, that that ability to be put into the Hall of Fame and be recognized as one of, if not the best third baseman in MLB history. So, look at you can look at this Larry Walker. Obviously, super excited for him, but potentially, potentially. This is also a good positive sign, perhaps, for the potential to mend the relationship with Nolan Arenado and keep him here in Colorado. We can only hope that that's the case. But I think at the same time, we need to look at the realization that he could be checking out. He could be. um, And if he does, who do you think? is going to nab him up. But who do you want him to go to? Well, one, I'm going to start off by saying I don't think Nolan Arenado is the type of player that will check out. I think he'll show up and do his job regardless. But I think the teams that would be most interested in him, obviously you have teams like the Yankees. I mean, and the Yankees... They can afford. They they could take. They could have the twenty five highest played players on their roster and not bat an eye about it. Uh, so they could pursue them. Obviously, Nolan would probably love to go to Southern California. I would look at the Angels as a potential landing spot. They've been trying to do a lot of moves with uh, having um, what's his name, the pitcher hitter guy. Uh, hold on. It, it, it's coming to me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold okay. Okay. I got nothing now. <laughs> All right. Um, I keep thinking McDonald, but I know there's not a McDonald on there. No, no. And he's he's Japanese. He has like a Japanese name. Uh. Anyways. I will look this up while I talk. <laughs> He's typing. He can't talk. Yep. So, they obviously, they have Mike Trout. 
They signed Mike Trout to a huge deal. They want to win with Mike Trout. They have, oh, um, Shohei Otani. That's his name. I was pretty close with McDonald part. Not even a little bit. Uh, they have Shohei Otani there. Um, they brought in a few other guys here. They brought in the boom boom boom. They brought in another pitcher into Heron from the uh over from the Braves. He ha- just had a good season over there with them. The only downside, I guess, to this idea is they just inked Anthony Rendon to pre- presumably play third base. Rendon had great offensive numbers playing and winning the World Series with the Nationals, probably stealing signs, obviously. Um, but got to do what works, right? So there's there's that little wrinkle there. They also have uh, Andre Simmons uh, playing over there. But if they wanted to, hands down, Nolan Arenado would be an upgrade over Rendon at third base, in particular defensively. And you could always, if you wanted to, move one of them, probably Rendon, over, and he could play first base for you. I mean, you have Simmons is going to be one of your interior guys. Um, But anyways, so you have the Angels. Angels have been making moves, and Nolan, since he has a no-trade clause, has to okay the team that he's going to. And he's from Southern California, and he's voiced before an interest in playing in Southern California. Then That also, of course, brings in the Dodgers. I would not want to see him go to the Dodgers, just like I would not want to see him to go to the Yankees, because I, I like Nolan Arenado. Even with all this, I'm on Nolan's side in this dispute. So I would not want him to see him go to a team that would force me to root against him, like the Dodgers or the Yankees. Let, let's be real here, though. Okay, let's be real. If he had to go to Dodgers or the Yankees, who you who are you going to send him to? I'd rather send him to the Yankees so we don't have to see him a bunch. There you go. <laughs> um, so that that's those are my two cents on Nolan Arenado. Now I think if you as ownership really want to mend this fence, and you are serious about trying to build a winning franchise here, step one. Get rid of Brightage. I will 100% agree on that. One, he has not done really anything for the Rockies. He's done little things, but he's also the guy who's, you know, gave that huge contract to Ian Desmond, who at, at the time, I will say, it was, it seemed like a nice move. It was actually bringing in a, you know, high profile free agent, which is something that the Rockies hadn't been able to do before. Obviously has not worked out, though. Besides that, you can't really point to anything else that Breidich himself has done that has been successful or looked upon overly well for the Rockies. So get rid of him. You should just do that. And it should not be something where you talk to Nolan ahead of time and be like, hey, if we get rid of him, is this going to help 
would you consider staying? Get rid of them as, you know, preemptive sign of good faith. You know, hey, this is, Nolan Arenado is our franchise. So you want you want to sit down with Nolan Arenado. You want to have the the sushi brought in. You want to have the crab legs ready. You want to have the God, bubbly on ice. And you want to sit there and be like, look, man, you commit, you stay with us. He's out of here within 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. I'd actually, I would fire Breitich first and then have a sit down with Arenado. That way it doesn't seem like a, you know, if you're not going to stay, then, you know, we're just going to, we'll back our guy. Get rid of him because he's not good for the team. He's not good for player relations in general beyond Nolan Arenado. When you're looking to try to re-sign, say, Trevor Story, how how he is handling guys like Arenado, how he handled, although not as well loved necessarily towards the end of his career, too low, but how he's handling these franchise-type players. Right does not look good and is not good for trying to re-sign guys like Trevor Story, guys like David Dahl, when their contracts come up and it's time to try to try to pin them long-term. Right, right, right. Now, what do you think would be something that Nolan Arenado would need concrete to make him really stay here in Colorado? Besides, besides the firing of Jeff, you know, let, let's go ahead and consider that done. But what else do you think there needs to be for I, Nolan Arenado to be like, yeah, I'm staying. Let's I do this. I don't know what else we can do this offseason. Who, who would you want to bring in if you're Nolan Arenado? If I'm Nolan Arenado, what I would probably say is I saw Ozuna just got signed. And I was like, why did the Rockies not go after him and – to kind of take the place of Ian Desmond in the outfield. I mean, do you really have to ask that? But a probably an outfielder to replace Ian Desmond would be where I'd go because I feel I feel good, and if I'm Nolan, I I would feel good about the infield. You do got you, you got you, Nolan, you got Trevor, you got Daniel Murphy, who is actually a really good glue guy as well. Great in the great in the uh, dugout, and you got you got um um Rogers coming up potential. Presumably to play second base, Tony Walters had a great season last year. So I'm set with the Top, infield. Yeah, had, had a good, yeah, good season just coming off the bench. But what do you think about maybe trying to go after? And and mind you, this is only if, if he's eligible. But what do you think about trying to go back and getting Para? Para would be nice because Para, kind of like Daniel Murphy, great. Great dugout guy, great team guy, great chemistry guy. So, bringing in Para, sure, I would love to. And at this point, I know you'd be eating money, but you just you you cut ties with Ian Desmond because although there will be dead money, I'm not entirely certain about all the facets of his contract. But I gotta believe you'd op- you'd free up at least some money by cutting him. You would. Hope I know there's a lot more case. guaranteed money in baseball than there is say in the NFL but you got to be saving some sort of money with it and he's I'm not saying he's bad in the locker room but he's not a glue guy it, he does not appear to be a glue guy in the locker room and he appears to be somebody that 
management feels pressure to play because of the money invested in him because he did not play well enough to start to be a everyday type of dude. Right. So if I was to do something, it would be going after somebody in the outfield, even if it involves doing a trade. Because if you do a trade, that also sends a signal to Nolan Arenado like, hey, we are dedicated to winning now. We're not we're not trying to hold things back for the future. We have you, we have Trevor, we have Dahl. We want to win now. So we are willing to sacrifice some of our prospects to bring in a Oh, bring in Mike Trout even though that would never happen, but doing something like that. Right, make making that huge investment on a very go after Yelich from the Brewers. The Brewers had a disappointing had have had you know they've made it to the playoffs, but they haven't been able to do anything with it. Make a move for Yelich. You know that that wouldn't be a bad idea right there. But who do you end up losing for him? When it comes to baseball, probably a lot of prospects. You probably throw if you can try to throw an Ian Desmond. Ian Desmond, like four or five prospects? Probably. Yeah, it's not a not a bad go for I'd buy that for a dollar. So then that would be what I would do, because if I was the general manager of this team, or the owner, I should say, get rid of Breidich, try to mend it by making some move that shows you're dedicated to winning now with Nolan. I I agree. We got to get this handled. We got to get this this situation done because we need Nolan, man. Nolan needs to stay here in Colorado. Nolan is is the franchise and Nolan needs to retire out and go to the Hall of Fame as a Rocky. Yes. You're listening to EMP show only on the AIM Student Radio. EMP show live and right back on here at the AIM Student Radio. AIM Student Radio, guys, like us on Facebook at AIM Student Radio. Go check us out on the Radio FX app. Also, if you happen to miss an episode, I've been working on editing down and uploading our episodes. Uh, If you give a follow to the What Sports on Podbean, Google Play, and working on getting on Apple Podcasts as well. Really? Yes. Well, I'm going to have to check it out, Holmes. Give it a follow. You know what else we should give a, a quick little follow and a quick little update on? Do you, Mike, in all your infinite wisdom, believe that there will ever be a time where baseball and robots can be combined? You know what? It's funny you bring that up. Because it came out today that for spring training, major league spring training, they will be utilizing quote-unquote robot umps. So basically, there will be a camera system in place to determine whether a pitch is a ball or a strike. 
Now, will the robot umps be making these sound? I believe there will still be an ump there. From what I'm reading, he will be wearing an earpiece. And huh. so from the computer, from the video and everything, there will be a baller call, baller strike call made, and it will be told to him in his earpiece, and he will then make the call that way. Make the call that way. That's kind of weird, man. I think, I don't know. Well, you still need somebody there for, you know, like the guy who's sliding home for an inside the park home run. I don't know, until you let the robot ump just take control of that. Might as well. I mean, he could have a little vacuum hookup to him and vacuum up the dirt off home plate. Having a physical robot out there, is that what you're talking about? Why not? I don't know. Let's just have robots play the game, too, then. Might as well. You already got a robot umpire taking away the umpire's job. We need jobs for human beings, not for robots. They took their jobs. Dang, robots. Uh, <laughs> so, wanted to throw that out there. We were talking baseball. Came out today. Now, they're also be implementing this in some minor league, uh, in some of the minor leagues as well. We're probably at least a couple years away from seeing this used during during regular season play, let alone postseason play in Major League Baseball. But it does appear that we are heading towards robot umps. What is your thoughts on that? Uh, I say no, because baseball is a visual sport. If and you need them sexy umps back there. Yeah, the ones that do a little dance after every strikeout and stuff like that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Kev. 100% real. There is no robot that is going to be able to determine if a ball caught home plate in the strike zone. I think that's literally what this robot's designed to do. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Because if you're going, if you're throwing on the outside edge, and it cuts the corner of home plate, mm-hmm. that's still a strike. Yes, and you can see when you're watching it on ESPN, they have the 3D model of the strike zone, right? And then the path of the ball. So I'm assuming it's the same software as what is basically what they'll be using for this computerized ump. I I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. If it does, I will be surprised. But. No, dude, you cannot do that. We need to have real umps, real human umps in the back making those calls. So I have a buddy of mine um, back in high school. We played football together and whatnot. But he's kind of trying to go up the ranks as a, like, work his way up as an ump doing, you know, calling baseball games. I wonder how he feels about this. I might have to shoot him a text. You may have to, because that that would be nice to kind of get his his input and his wisdom on it, especially with him trying to make make up the ranks. So I'm assuming he went from high school games to college games, right? Yeah, he's doing not like not like AAA or anything like that, but he's doing a. I think it's a form of single A baseball right now. Okay. Um. I don't like it either because I feel like part of the game, especially part of like part of part of it, is the pitchers 
being having to learn the strike zone and adapt to the strike zone because yes, every ump has a slightly different strike zone, and I feel that like that was part of the gamesmanship of baseball was the hitters and the pitchers learning the strike zone and adapting mid-game. And, again, that's where I say it takes away from the game. It takes away from needing those live eyes on where the strike zone is. Because you got to you got to imagine, man, this, this robot is not going to be able to Determine the height difference for every player mm-hmm. right off the bat. But who can? The umpire? The real umpire? Who are we going to yell at when he makes a bad call? The robot? Yes. Who has no feelings? No. When I throw when I throw my peanuts from, you know, cracker the, jacks? the nosebleed section in hopes that's going to hit the umpire. Instead, you just rain it down on the family, the level below you. Yeah. Sucks to be them, but hey, I was trying to go for the umpire. <laughs> but let, let's be real, man. That takes away from the game. Next thing next thing you know, it's not going to be that, that apple pie is America's pie. They're going to sit there and say, oh, uh, we're going to go with the... Uh, we're gonna go with zucchini and mushroom pie. That is the uh, that's the that's the new pie of America. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. And anybody that does not think that apple pie is the pie of America, come fight me. It's actually cherry pie is the pie of America. No, so that is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but it's red, white, and blue. Where do you get blue and cherry pie? From the blueberries you throw in. Oh, so now we're, so we're going to make a blueberry cherry pie. Yeah. Sir, sir, this is this is ridiculous. Just kidding. It's blue because you become blue in the face because you're eating it so fast that you're forgetting to breathe. You know what? That makes the sense. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're adding I'm more. actually a pumpkin pie guy. I, I could be a pumpkin pie guy. On I wouldn't call it the pie of America. Apple pie, though, man. Apple pie is pie of America. But that's pumpkin is. pie is definitely better than apple pie. You no, one hundred percent. You watch any movie, any movie where it has a diner scene, and what is the first thing they ask for? Apple pie. Apple pie a la mode. Yeah. So you need to get the whole pie, like when it's still warm out of the oven, and you just set it up on your counter, and then you just you know. You love it so much, you want to show it how much you love it. And okay. that, that, there's just a feeling warm apple oh, pie. pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we're going we're to take a break here, guys. You're listening to AIM Student Radio, home of the EMP show.
VIP show. We send it straight over to our sports desk with Mike Jones. Hello and welcome to some Denver Nuggets talk. Thank you, thank you. So, tonight, the Denver Nuggets are taking on the Houston Rockets. A nationally televised game. Oh, wait. uh, Oh. Actually, not nationally televised because Babyface Zion is making his debut tonight. But regardless of that, we are still going to be talking Denver Nuggets. May not be on national television, but it is a huge game tonight, being that they are taking on the Houston Rockets, currently set in the sixth seed in the West, three and a half games back of the Denver Nuggets, who are a half game out of second place in the West. Last time we played each other, the Rockets ended up winning 130-104. to The time before that, when we were at home, we basically wiped the floor with the Rockets. Done, son. But it's a good matchup. It is a fair matchup. It is a matchup that, honestly, in the past, did not overly favor the Nuggets. Uh, The Rockets kind of had their number years past. We seem to have maybe gone over that hump in the first time we met them this year. This is another home game for the Rockets, so we will see how this goes. I am, for one, I am optimistic about how this will go. In this game, or for these teams, the Rockets are coming in on a four-game losing streak where the Nuggets won their last game. Overall, points per game, the Rockets are actually second in all of the NBA at with 118.3 points per game. Now, the Rockets tend to kind of go as James Harden goes, but James Harden is just garbage. The way he plays ball is garbage. Can I have you say that one more time? James Harden and the way he plays is garbage. One more time just for for all the Houston fans out there. James Harden and the way he plays is garbage. I could not agree with you more. Uh, I agree with you so much. I think the fans agree with you as well. Wow. They do. They do. That round of applause. Wow, it spoke to me. Uh, the He is averaging over, you know, since 2012, over 10 free throws a game. Okay? He's getting roughly you know, let's say nine points a game just from free throws because of his antics and the way he plays. He His his field goal percentage is 441. That's not really all that good. He is just jacking up 24 shots a game. He's not playing efficient basketball when it comes to that. Yes, he's averaging 37 points a game, but he's averaging 37 from jacking up, you know, 24, 25 shots a game. That is not efficient basketball. I will concur with that. And he's playing with his old running mate, Russell Westbrook, who uh, 
Is it just me or, or does anybody else want to punch Westbrook in the face? I'd much rather punch Harden in the face. I'd, I'd, I'd punch both of them in the face. They just they have those faces that I don't like, so I want to punch them in the face. You know what? I would like to see you punch them in the face. I would love to punch them in the face. So they take on the Denver Nuggets take on the Houston Rockets tonight. It's going to be at six o'clock. Big game for your Denver Nuggets. Like I said, uh, Mason Plumlee is actually out now as well. He's going to be missing Ouch. a couple of games. I'm kind of interested to see if Bol Bol gets activated, if he will be at least dressed for tonight's game then, because with Plumlee down, we don't really have a true big, uh, especially because Plumlee's down, Millsap is still down. That more or less just leaves you with Jokic, and then you have Grant and you have you have Grant and MPJ who are tall, but I wouldn't consider them bigs. So we'd be forced to run a lot of small lineups tonight, which against the Rockets isn't isn't a good thing. We we need that size. It's kind we of how you, yeah. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out. And why not tonight be the night? That Bobo gets to play, runs a train in scoring on Houston, along with MPJ, along with Jokic. I, I've said since we drafted him, I, my ideal lineup, you know, three years down the road or whatever, is Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, MPJ, Bobo, and Jokic. I think those five on the court together, I think Bobo and Jokic could play very well together on the court because of their skill sets. It, it's going to be very interesting. What time is that game? Six o'clock tonight. Because it's in Houston, huh? Yep. So, actually, it's, oh, no, because I'm going to be the, the the completely legal streaming service I've been using to watch the Nuggets is blocked for who knows why, because it's completely legal, at uh, at the studio where I'll be doing the Rams game tonight. Well, I'm just gonna say this. Actually, you know what? I may have a I may have a solution for you. Okay, I may have a solution for you. We're gonna take a small break. When we come back, we're gonna wrap it up because that's the smart thing to do. Aim Student Radio, home of the EMP show. Just want to sign off with you guys. Wish you all a great day. Mike, anything? Let's go Nuggets tonight, and please don't leave us, Arenado. Please don't. We would be very, very hurt. EMP Show, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday.